the Bottle Leadership Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Steve wrote in and asked the question, how do you resolve the conflict between creationism and evolution? We're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, let me invite you, if you get something out of this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and consider checking out our Patreon page where you can support the Bible Leadership Podcast for as little as $3 a month. Before we get to the content, I want to invite you to the Global Leadership Summit. You see, we want to build leaders, and who knows how God might use your life, your leadership, your family. So let me encourage you to go ahead and register. Invite your friends, invite your family, invite your coworkers. Now, some would say, Carter, what if I'm not a leader? Well, as John Maxwell said, leadership is influence, so you already have that. One of the things the Global Leadership Summit will do is grow your ability to use that influence for God's glory. Now, the GLS, we call it, is the first week of August. It's the 8th and the 9th, and the organization I lead is one of the host sites, but I'm sure no matter where you're tuning in from, you'll be able to find one that is close to you. Go ahead and go to the torch.church slash GLS where you'll find all the information and you'll be able to sign up. Now, if you do it before June 25th, you get the early bird rate, but I promise you um, it's worth thousands of dollars just to go and see all of these speakers. So even if you pay a little bit more, it'll still be worth it. All right, you've got mountains to move today and I want to respect your time. So let's jump right into three reasons the conflict between creationism and evolution doesn't bother me. Well, here's how I would start that, Steve. So I would want to make sure that we're all at the same starting place. First and foremost, just when we think about the Bible, God has told us that he hasn't told us everything. He says, I'm telling you that I'm not telling you everything. And I think anytime we we approach a problem, if we know ahead of time that we don't have all the variables, then we should act like we don't have all the variables. I just think that's really smart. So in Deuteronomy 29, 29, God tells his people, he tells us, there are some things that the Lord our God has kept secret, but he has revealed his law and we and our descendants are to obey it forever. So God says, hey man, the things revealed, um, I've given them to you, but there's things I'm definitely not telling you. And so I think that the starting place is humility, recognizing, okay, so God did not tell us everything. I think it's really important anytime we have a problem that we're trying to solve, you know, if you had a math problem or you had some kind of problem like that, it would be important to know if you didn't have all the variables. And the thing we need to remember about most Bible questions like this is that we don't have all the variables. In fact, God even tells us that he hasn't told us everything. He says, hey, check it out. There are maybe some significant things that I am not including in what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you what I'm telling you, but that doesn't mean I'm telling you all there is to know. So he tells the people of Israel, he tells us today, Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed things belong to us and our children. So all we're saying is God is telling us I'm not telling you everything. So we should just factor that in anytime we approach a naughty problem. Now, I just want to go on the record and say, I personally do believe that God did not use evolution to create humans or animals. I believe the theory of evolution depicts a different God than the Bible does. I believe it claims something was undirected when God claims that he did direct it and he directs even far less complicated things. Okay, so Job 37.6 says, He directs the snow to fall 
on the earth. And he tells the rain to pour down. Now, if he even directs that from God's perspective, then uh, I think it makes sense that if there were something far more complicated, then God would also have to direct that. I believe personally that belief in evolution is a faith leap itself. I think you can be a Christian and believe in evolution. Being a Christian has to do with trusting Jesus to save you and surrendering to his leadership. Okay, can we just own there are no witnesses to evolution? Like, nobody was there. If, if we're really going to be honest, the scientific method requires observation, a thing we cannot do when it comes to watching creatures evolve from lower species. Let me give you three reasons the conflict between creationism and evolution doesn't bother me. Number one, humans never know everything. Now, this is really hard for a prideful generation to receive, but humans never know everything. One piece of information can change everything that we think we know. If that's true, then several more pieces of information could change quite a bit of what we think we know. I'll give you an example. The cell, like the cells in your body, were first discovered in 1665 through the power of a microscope by Robert Hooke. Now this one piece of information that there are cells opened up a universe of realities that had always been there. It's not like cells started then. We just discovered them then. They'd always been there. We just didn't know it. The theory of cells wasn't even articulated until 1838 by Theodore Schwann. Now, they'd always been there, but suddenly we discovered something that revolutionized everything about how we understood biology. Here's the point. Unless you can know everything, there can always be something that can change a lot about what you know. So either we need to know everything, which we don't, or we can just know the one who knows everything. Are you hearing what I'm screaming? That means if one little bit of information comes along 100 years from now and says, actually, this also, it has the potential to completely reorient our understanding of certain things. That's why it takes humility to just say, hey, man, we know what we know, but we also know that humans can never know everything. So there may be discoveries that happen 100 years from now, 300 years from now, that will make uh, our, our descendants go, man, those morons, they didn't know this. And so they based everything they, they were claiming was true only on what they discovered so far. And so I think that that's just a significant thing. So humans never know everything. Here's number two. We may be less right about what God says than we think. Important humble lesson. We may be less right right now about what God says than we think we are. I'm comfortable with not the scripture being wrong, but being wrong about what I'm pretty sure the scripture says. Let me give you an example. Matthew 22, the Sadducees are trying to like trick Jesus. And they're coming along and they're like, hey man, we don't believe in life after death. And so we're going to ask Jesus about this. And they make up this elaborate story of these brothers keep dying and the wife has to keep marrying each one. And they're like, well, whose wife is she going to be in heaven? And Jesus answers them and says, you're mistaken because you don't understand the scriptures of the power of God. Because in the resurrection, people don't marry nor are they given in marriage, but they're like the angels in that sense. Verse 31, he goes on to saying, but regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? In verse 32, and he's quoting Exodus 3, verse 6. He says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac 
and Jacob. And so Jesus goes on to say, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now I want you to understand what just happened. Jesus is referencing Exodus 3 verse 6, which is really an interaction between God and Moses. And God is identifying himself. And my first interpretation, as I look at the context of Genesis or Exodus 3, 6, I would not be like, I bet you God is trying to tell us that the patriarchs are all still alive in heaven and that they continue on after death. That was not what I would infer from that. But that's what Jesus tells us. He says, hey, here's really what God was saying. Yes, he's talking to Moses, but he's also giving you the straight answer right here. The patriarchs are still alive and they are with God in heaven right now. Here's the point. We can think that we understand what God is saying, but then he can come along when you and I are in heaven and he say, well, yeah, I know that that's what you inferred, but also this is true. So in other words, God is not bound by our understanding. Therefore, we need to have humility when making very specific scientific statements about the book of Genesis, what it's saying about scientific processes. I know the Bible won't be wrong, but if I get to heaven and say, God, didn't you say X? And he says, well, yeah, X is true, but also Y and Z are also true. And maybe you didn't understand that, but I was saying that. I'm not going to be like, are you serious? Did you trick us? I'm going to be like, cool. Like, God, you're God. And of course, I don't understand everything necessarily rightly about what Scripture says. That doesn't mean I don't understand truly what Scripture says. It just means, dude, God is so big. Oh, my gosh. I cannot understand him entirely. So what are we saying? Humans can never know everything. Number two, we may be less right about what God says than we think we are. And then number three, nothing about the cross changes regardless of how life came to be or how old the earth is. Now, again, I've already told you, I actually do believe God did not use evolution. I believe God said it and it happened. As far as I'm concerned, it's as easy for God to create an old earth as a young earth. It's as easy for God to create a 25-year-old Adam as it is to create a little baby Adam. Like God does whatever God wants to do and he doesn't answer to me about how he does it. But even so, faith is in the cross is everything. You could be wrong about so much and still be right with God and still go to heaven if you trust Jesus. And I think we just need to keep that perspective because it's not that these issues aren't important, but they're not anywhere close to central. The crucial thing is the resurrection, not the creation, is the mega event that is much more provable and has many more outside the Bible sources that we can point to that says, yeah, dude, Jesus rose from the dead. And it's relevant to faith in Christ and salvation. I think one other thing I would say about this is that confidence in the scripture, can we own this, is a spirit gifted thing. So for me to believe in creation the way the Bible just says it is a gift that was given me from the Holy Spirit. If that's true, I want to pivot the conversation in every case, not to how old the earth is, but who Jesus is. Because no one repents of their sin because they stop believing in evolution. But if they're captivated by Jesus and their need for grace, they may open up to the reality that, believe it or not, the entire word of God is true. It's God-breathed. It's trustworthy and useful for teaching, for correction, for training in righteousness. Number one, humans never know everything. Number two, we may be less right about what God says than we think. And number three, nothing about the cross changes regardless of how God caused life to happen or how old the earth is, even though I believe it happens the Bible way. 
what I want to focus people on is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the starting place. Even though the creation's at the beginning, the starting place for faith is the resurrection. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. I hope that was helpful. And hey, if you've got a question that you want to ask me, maybe I'll answer it on the podcast. Go ahead and go to BibleLeadership.life. And on the right-hand side, you'll see a little button that you can push that says send voicemail. You can actually just speak into your computer and it'll send me the question and we'll see if I don't answer it on the podcast. Hey, my friends, thank you again so much for tuning in. Don't forget, lead strong today. Lead humble, but lead strong. We'll see you next time.